Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. Revelations. We have been in a series for the last few weeks uh, talking really through the book of Revelation. We talked the first week, week really about the introduction of what Revelation is. We talked about uh, the a week after that, we really talked about the seven churches, the letter to the seven churches, how John uh, had a vision from God and how Jesus told him, write this down for, to, to the seven churches. And we talked about that. And then uh, last week we talked about the rapture. Uh, if you've not uh, got to hear the message on the rapture, we'd love for you to participate and go check that out online. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about the tribulation. I want to talk to you about the tribulation. Some of you may know what the tribulation is. Some of you may not. Either way, that's great. I want to show you Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. This is really the theme verse of Revelation. It says, Revelation 12, 11 says, Then they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. The, really the, the theme of Revelation, I've said it every single week, the theme of the book of Revelation is this, Jesus reigns, and those who believe in him will overcome. Jesus reigns over all things, and then those who believe in him will also overcome. It's really the theme of Revelation. So we talk through the different things of all different things that happen. You know, we can read Revelation. We can be kind of scared, like, oh my gosh, we can be confused about what's happening and we don't understand. I do want to reiterate that there is not one scripture in the Bible, not one verse that is meant to build or, or create fear in our lives. All scripture is meant to build our faith. And so it's important. So we talked about the first week, really, what is the, why are we studying the book of Revelation for three reasons, uh, for, 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 for preparation. We want to be prepared. The Bible says that Jesus is coming again. We want to be prepared for his coming for, for perspective. We want to have an eternal perspective. The tribulation and all the different things that are happening, we talk about today, it's really a perspective on eternity. And then lastly, for peace. We can read the scripture or we can think about the end times and we can get so, un there's so much uncertainty that we can be confused or we can be scared. And God wants us not to, be create, not to be fearful, but he wants us to be people and men and women of peace. And so God gives us peace through this scripture. That being said, today I want to talk to you about the tribulation. Now, before I get into the tribulation, I do want to say, everybody take a breath, okay? This is, we're going we're gonna to dive right in. This is probably the most intense message of the series. And you were here last week, you're like, what? It's more intense than that? Yeah, I'm sorry, it is. Okay, so it's a little bit, it's going to be a little intense, but I want you to try to stay with me. And if you get too confused, I'll try to explain to the best of my ability of what's happening. But I, before I do dive into the tribulation, let me give you our graph, our graphic that we've been showing every single week. If you want to pull that up, it's the one, that, that one. Thank you. Yep. Uh, this is kind of the, the, the series of what happens through the book of Revelation. The church age is really where we are right now. Church age is where we are right now. It's the, from the day of Pentecost to when the rapture happens. We talked about the rapture last week where the rapture of believers right there is where Jesus comes and, and raptures up. The word rapture is not in the scripture, but it comes from the Latin word harpazo, a uh, Greek word harpazo, which in the Latin means rapt. It's where we get our word rapture from. So it's a, this being captured up, being raptured away with God, being caught away with God. And then what happens is these seven years 
of tribulation, okay? And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We talked about the rapture last week. We're gonna talk about the seven years of tribulation. Now, as I get into the book of uh, the next, really, it's uh, it's about 13 chapters of where, really from chapter six till chapter 19, they're talking in the scripture about the tribulation. Let me explain a little bit about this before we dive into it. It, What's happening in in this tribulation period in the scripture is you can read it, and a lot of times we can read it, and we can just kind of read it verse by verse by verse, and and, and, and chapter by chapter by chapter, and we think that's the way it's going to be set up. That's actually not true. This This right here is actually windows of what's happening at the same time during these seven years, okay? So there's pictures that we see that are happening. It's kind of like a movie, any good movie like uh, The Avengers. Uh, I don't know, it's not a good movie, but <laughs> The Avengers. If you're an Avenger fan, I'm sorry. If you're an Avenger fan, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry, it's, not the, it's, it's fine, okay, it's fine. People are not gonna listen just because I said The Avengers isn't good. <laughs> Praise God. It's just like The Avengers, there's Captain America's got something going on Hulk's got something going on. Um, uh, 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 Spider-Man's got some, thank you. Spider-Man's got something on, going on. There's all these things going on at the same time, but you're getting pictures of what's happening, even though it's not, you're not seeing it all at the same time, you're seeing windows of it. Does that make sense? It's the same thing with, this, with these scriptures. So we're gonna talk about the first three and a half years, and then we'll be talking about the next three and a half years. But I wanna, it, it's gonna, we got a lot of information, so I'm gonna go as quickly as possible and talk, talk as slow as possible. But I wanna first talk about these first three and a half years of tribulation. Okay, the rapture happen, happens, and immediately after the rapture happen, happens, the tribulation starts. These three and a half years, these first three and a half years, I wrote down here, we have written down the years of deception, okay? The reason why it's gonna be years of deception is because it's gonna really be a time where the Antichrist is gonna come and create world peace. Somewhat peace, relatively peaceful, not peaceful for Christians because they'll be persecuted and martyred, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But really, it's for the, as far as the world, there won't be wars raging against one another, and the Antichrist is gonna come and set up uh, this, this, this reign of peace. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay, uh, but before we do, I want us to talk about these three areas or three windows that we see about these three things, okay? There's three storylines. The first one is this. I'm gonna talk about all three and then I'll explain them, okay? The first one is the church uh, is enjoying the marriage supper of the lamb. Okay, I'll talk about that in a minute. Then is the Christ on the throne of heaven and he's releasing judgment of the, on the, of the tribulation. Okay, so right here, let me show it to you. So right here, the judgment seat of Christ, we'll talk about that in a second. Then these divine judgments happen, the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls. There's seven seals. And when we say seals, that doesn't mean animals, okay? They're not gonna be seals going around creating judgment. Okay, Somebody thought that, don't lie, okay. The seals are, it's like letters that are sealed and he opens these scrolls and there's these judgments that come from these scrolls, okay? We'll talk about that in a minute. Everybody just stay with me. If this is your first time, come back in a couple weeks. We'll we'll talk about how much Jesus loves everybody, okay? But um, we're just gonna kind of explain, again, the reason why we're talking about this, I wanna help people understand the book of Revelation because we wanna have perspective, we wanna have peace, and we wanna be prepared, Amen. Okay, so th- that'll be happening. And then, so there's this, this, this seals of judgment during the th- first three and a half years. The, the church will have the, be at the marriage uh, feast, uh, uh, with, with marriage supper with Christ. And then uh, there's one more storyline, that is the tribulations under, uh, unfolding on the earth. So the scrolls will be, of seals will be opening, and then, then these things will be uh, transpiring 
on earth. Okay, we'll talk about all that in just a minute. Okay, let me show it to you first in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, so people ask, well, when the rapture happens, what are the Christians gonna be doing? Where are the Christians gonna be going? What, what's the, well, Christian, I, somebody, I had somebody say, you know what, it's gonna be cool, we'll be able to just fly around in the air with Christ. Okay, that's not necessarily what we're gonna be doing. We're not gonna be soaring in the air and just, just, just flying around, you'll just see us up in the skies, in the clouds. That's not what it is. We'll actually be in heaven at what the scripture calls the marriage supper of the Lamb the marriage supper of the lamb. But before we get to the marriage supper of the lamb, go back to my graph, if you will, very quickly. Before we go to the marriage supper of the lamb, go back to my graph, thank you. We'll, be at the, we'll, we'll have the judgment seat of Christ. Now, don't get this confused with the, this is not, the judgment seat of Christ is not, are you saved or are you not saved? This is not, are you going to heaven or not going to heaven? You've been, we've been raptured up, we're in heaven. We're not gonna be judged now, are you going to heaven or not? No, that's a totally different situation. That's a great white throne judge. We'll talk about that in a few, in next week. But this right here, judgment seat of Christ is where the scripture says right here in 2 Thessalonians, what it is is it's now we'll be judged by what we've done on this earth. Okay, let me explain that. We'll be judged, that's why it says right here in verse uh, 10, it says according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So here's what happens. We get to heaven and now we'll be judged, not for how we believe, because we're in heaven. We believed in Christ, we're in heaven. We'll be judged for how we lived for Christ. Did we live serving him, honoring people, loving people, or did we live in a way that was just selfish and just we just believed in Christ and we just bunkered up and we didn't talk to anybody else and we didn't witness to people, we didn't love people, we just lived for ourselves. So here's what happens. Then we'll be judged by that and that is where we'll get placed somewhat in heaven. We don't necessarily know what that looks like because we've not been in heaven, but we do know that we'll be judged for what we've done and there we'll still stay in heaven. It won't be like God said, ooh, you didn't love enough people. Nope, you're not making it. No, we'll stay to heaven, but then we'll be judged by, by the deeds we did. Does that make sense? From there, we will then enter into the marriage supper with Christ, okay? It's a feast. Let me show it to you. In Revelation chapter 19, verse seven and eight, let us rejoice and exalt and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride, which is the church, Christians, has made herself ready. It was granted to her to, it was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, linen, bright and pure for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Okay, let me explain this. Okay, so we're gonna get to heaven. We'll be raptured up. This is, a, one of the, this is gonna be happening in heaven while the tribulation is starting. We'll be raptured up. We'll, we will then be at the marriage feast with Christ, okay? We'll be at the marriage supper. Now, Jewish tradition, let me just explain this. This is fascinating. This is so cool. Jewish tradition, when someone would get married or what they would do is they would come and they would, they would commit their li life to their spouse, this is true. You can read this in, in, in any Jewish traditions, marriage. And what would happen is then this husband who had committed himself to his wife would go away for a time period and prepare their home for his spouse. Christ said that he's going and he's preparing a place for us. We are the bride of Christ. We are the church. He's going and preparing a place for us. It's interesting though that only the father of the son knew at the time of when the son would go back to his spouse and then grab her and take her to their new home. 
The Bible says, check it out, the Bible says, we read it last week, that no man knows when the son is coming back except for the father. No angels or son. Why? The reason why that they would do this is because the sons, being any young man, would get so hyped, they would just want to go back immediately and grab their boo. And then what would happen is that, and the house wasn't ready. And so the father would have to create, create patience with the son, helping him prepare that place. So then when the time was right, the father would say, okay, now go. And then the son would come back and receive his spouse. When they would receive their spouse for seven days, check this out, this is fascinating. For seven days, they would have a feast of celebration. For seven days. Here's what's cool. Jesus said, he's going to prepare a place for us. No man knows except for the father when he will come back. When he comes back, he'll take us to the marriage supper of the lamb, which will last all seven years of the tribulation. You see that? You see, you see it? And then what would happen after the seven days of feasting, of celebration, what would happen is then the son would take his spouse, the, the, the husband would take his spouse to their new home. This is what happens with the tribulation. Seven years of tribulation, we're celebrating and then Jesus takes us to our new home for a thousand years. The Bible says we'll rule and reign here on earth and then we'll spend eternity with him. And so it's, it's such a cool example. It's fascinating how Jesus lines it up and you have to realize he's talking to the Jewish culture in this time and they understood exactly what he was talking about. Why? Because this was the tradition of how marriage went. With the church, we are the bride of Christ. We understand there's seven days of feasting. So now for Christians, there'll be seven years of feasting, of celebrating. And let me tell you something about the way Jewish traditions that would, when they celebrate and feast with their, with their marriage things. It was not just let's just sit around and just talk. No, they partied. I mean, they put for seven days straight. They party, 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 party. Let me tell you something. We're going to be partying in heaven. Come on, somebody. There was going to be a feast and you'd be like, oh, what kind of food is it? Whatever you like, it's going to be there. Come on, somebody. And so it's gonna be an opportunity for us to celebrate and we'll celebrate the, what Christ did for us and we'll celebrate our, our, our commitment and covenant with him. And this is what's happened for Christians during the tribulation. We'll be raptured up. We'll be spending seven years with him at the marriage supper of the lamb. Okay, secondly, let's keep going. Revelation chapter six and verse 18. We then now see three cycles of judgment that are happening. So it's the, what's happening is three storylines, storyline of marriage of the supper. The Christians will be in heaven. We'll be spending the feast and the celebrating with God. And then uh, what's happening at the throne of heaven is this. In Revelation chapter six and verse one, as I watched, this is John speaking. Jesus is showing him a picture of what will happen. I watched as a lamb open the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. Okay, so here's what's happening. He sees him opening the seven seals. Again, these are these scrolls he opens and there's this judgment that is on each one. Now, I will say this. They, they, the judgments, there's, a, there's the, the seals, there's the trumpets, and then there's the bowls, okay? It, it gets worse and worse as the judgments go on, okay? The first seven are really not like plagues. They're not, it's not super, it's not super uh, crazy as far as stuff like that, but really what it is, is it's, ma it's man and woman's uh, uh, evil desires and consequences of evil desires from just sin in, in nature. Let me show it to you in 2 Thessalonians chapter two and verse six. It says, and you, and you, now, you know, now you know, excuse me, what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Check this out. And only who, who 
Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Let me explain what this is. Let me just, just go with me here for a second. The scripture says that there's this, there's this restraining that's happening. There's one who restrains the evil. And that, that is, the, the scripture's talking about the Holy Spirit, that it restrains lawlessness. We are living in a time in a world that is evil. And yet we still have the Holy Spirit restraining evil. In the time of the tribulation, the Holy Spirit will remove himself from the restraints of evil. And so there'll be evil and deception and terrible things and just, just complete terrible things that, will, that man and woman will do because there's no law, there's just lawlessness. There's no, there's no conviction of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit removes that off this time period. And so the, really the seven first seals are really, of judgment are really things like uh, crime and murder and death and, uh, and Christians are being martyred and all these things are happening, the first seven bowl, uh, uh, seals of judgment because of the lawlessness of man. Does that make sense? Everybody okay? We're going to be all right, right? Okay, let me keep going here. Okay, so here, this is what's happening. Then in Revelation chapter 7, again, we're talking about the story of the throne, the storyline of the throne, what's happening on the throne. We're in heaven, and then and the, the, God's on the throne right now, and he's, he's releasing the seven seals of judgment. And it says, and after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. At the throne, John sees a picture of what's happening during the tribulation. There's this great multitude that no one can count of people that are coming into, be, uh, into heaven, that are believers, that are believing in him, that have followed him. That are, and here's what's interesting, because we've been raptured up, the church, the Christians that are there. So this shows us that people will be saved during the tribulation. During the, the three and a half, even seven years of tribulation, people will have the opportunity to be saved. And in fact, the Bible says multitudes. So people will be, in, be being saved in multitudes of groves of people. So this is where we know people say, well, you know, if I miss the rapture, is it it for me? Is it over? Like, oh my gosh, I'm, no. We still have the opportunity to be saved and, and be in heaven with him after we're raptured up. But... I'll show it to you in Revelation chapter six and verse nine. It says, I saw under the altar of the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. The only way we will make it to heaven is we'll be martyred. We will be martyred in order to make it to heaven. We won't, people won't die of old age during the tribulation. That's not what it'll be. Christians, if they choose to follow him, they say, I wanna serve him. We, you'll have to be martyred by him because again, there'll be such persecution. We'll talk about that in a minute. There'll be such persecution that Christians will be being killed if you believe in Christ. We'll talk about more about that in a minute. So people say, oh, whew, so I still have a chance to make it to heaven. Yes, but I do know this. If you have trouble living for him on earth right now, you're gonna have way more trouble dying for him then. I would encourage you choose to live and believe for him now because it's gonna be much easier than trying to die for him then. 
And so here's what's happening in the throne room. People are being saved by multitudes. People are being martyred. And so this is what's happening. We as Christians or believers, we're in the, with the marriage feast, people are being saved. The judgments of, of the seals are happening. Play, not plagues, but like uh, crime and murder and death. And, and then there's a great earthquake, the scripture says, in the sixth seal. There's this great earthquake that literally, the scripture says that all mountains and all islands are not in their place. There's this great worldwide earthquake that is so great that literally, all the islands and all the mountains on this planet are, are, are moved. And so this is happening and then people are being believe, uh, uh, believing in him and they're being cr- killed for him and now they're, in, they're at the throne room uh, rejoicing with him because they're in heaven, okay? That's all happening at the same time. Now, let's go to the third storyline. This is only the first three and a half years. We still got three and a half more years to go. Come on, somebody. The first three and a half years, this is what's happening. It says, then I heard a number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Now, this number can be confused by many people. I've heard many different things and I'm not making fun of anybody that said it, but let me explain what this is. Christians at this time period will be martyred or crucified or killed, not crucified, but killed for their faith. God will protect 144,000 Jews. 12,000 from each tribe. There are 12 tribes of Israel. Each tribe, God will protect 12,000 of them during the first three and a half years. So they will be believers, but they will not be martyred. Why? Because the protection of God that's on their lives. And so this is what the 144,000 doesn't mean that only 140,000 will make it to heaven. It doesn't mean that only 144,000 will get, make it to heaven after being raptured. No, it's that 144,000 during the first three and a half years of tribulation will be, will be protected and saved from being martyred. Does that make sense? Everybody all right? Kind of deep. We're all right. Praise God. Let's, let, let, let. Y'all going to come back? Come on, somebody, please. <laughs> Here's what's happening. People are being saved. People say, well, how are people being saved? The Holy Spirit removes conviction. If the Holy Spirit removes the restraints from lawlessness, it's because of two witnesses. This, in the first three and a half years, what we see uh, come on the scene are two witnesses for Christ, two powerful witnesses in Christ. And I want to show it to you in Revelation chapter 11. This is happening on earth during the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. If you look that up, that's almost exactly three and a half years. It's like three and a half years and like two to uh, four days or five days or something. It's almost exactly three and a half years. And these are the olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. So that God's protecting these two men and witnesses who are, are sharing the gospel and, and really uh, the, the, the message of repentance and the message of God's judgment. And it says, uh, if anyone wants to harm them, okay, verse six, it says that these have power to shut, uh, these have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy and they have power over waters to turn them into blood, to strike the earth with all plagues and often as they desire. And when they finish their testimony, the beast, the Antichrist, we'll talk about that in a second, that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them and kill them. 
Okay, so what's happening, let me just explain it to you on earth, earth as this tribulation's happening. We're in the marriage, we're, we're, in, we're in heaven with the marriage feast with God. God's at the throne. He's opening these seals of judgment. There's plagues, there's things happening, there's earthquake. And then what, what also happens, these two witnesses during these three and a half years are just preaching the gospel. They're doing great, mighty miracles. Miracles that we see in the Old Testament where uh, the water is turned into, into blood. They're, they're just doing incredible, credible miracles to show people that God is alive, that God loves them, that God cares. And so people are being saved by the multitudes, the scripture says, that they're in heaven. Then the Bible says that the Antichrist will rise up and, and then he will kill them. He'll overcome them and kill them. And then for three and a half days, if you keep reading the scripture, for three and a half days, the Bible says that these men will lay in the streets dead, that no one will be allowed to bury them for three and a half days, okay? And in fact, it says it in verse nine, if you want to put verse nine, check this out. And for three and a half days, all people, tribes, languages, and nations will stare at their bodies. No one will be allowed to bury them. It's, isn't it interesting? Check this out. That for three and a half days, all, this is written, this is written many, 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 many years ago, long before the internet. It says all people, all tribes, all languages and nations will stare at the bodies. Well, how is that possible? How would, if, think about it, this is written many, thousands of years ago and they're saying, okay, listen, everybody is gonna see and stare, all nations, all tongues, all tribes, everybody's gonna stare at these bodies. How in the world is this possible? Well, back then they didn't have media. Now we can see, and again, I'm not saying it's happening right now, that's not what I'm saying, but we can see through the progression of technology how now this is possible. All we have to do now is turn on a TV or open our phones and we'll, we can see anything that's happening throughout the whole country or the whole world. And so this is showing us this picture of long before the scripture ever knew anything about what they were talking about, they knew, okay, there's gonna be this way for all people to be able to see what's happening on this, on, in this moment. Kind of interesting to me, kind of fascinating. The revelation in the Bible fascinates me. It doesn't have to fascinate you, it fascinates me. And so here's what's happening. It's this picture of them saying, okay, they're, 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 they're there for three and a half years, three and a half days, excuse me. Then in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 11, read this, it says this, is the two witnesses. And after the three days, three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and a great fear fell over those who saw them. Okay, so they, God breathes life into their lives and they rise again. Okay. Then he heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. They went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. God rises them from the dead and then ascends them to heaven. Why? God, why would you need to do this? Why couldn't they just be buried and they end up in heaven? Because I believe because God wanted to show people that what they were saying was true. That there is a God more powerful than what's happened. That there is a God that is alive. That there is a God of miracles. And so God, all he was doing was he was taking a moment to validate the message that they were speaking. And that is this, a message of repentance and a message of judgment. Okay, so all that's happening during the first three and a half years. I have four minutes left to talk about the last three and a half years. During this moment when these witnesses pass away or die, get killed, and they rise again, this is where the Antichrist enters the scene. 
The Antichrist, many of you know, if you don't, the Antichrist is not, it's just, he was Lucifer, he was an angel. He got cast from heaven for the, for the pride of thinking he could be God. Now his desire has always been and always will be to be God. Okay, and so he, he, this is who the Antichrist is. And so he now enters the scene. And for these three and a half years before this, he's this leader that's creating and helping create world peace. In fact, he doesn't just create world peace. He actually creates and rebuilds the temple of Jerusalem. If you want to pull up that other slide about the tribulation for me, let me show y'all. I got all kinds of charts for y'all. Come on, somebody. Come on, help me out. Okay, for three and a half years, it'll be relative peace. That, that's when the two witnesses happen. That's when the temple is restored. The Antichrist will help rebuild the temple of Jerusalem, okay? And then 144,000 people will be protected, and that's when the seals happen. Now, when the temple is being restored, we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about the third year, uh, three and a half after is in a minute. But when the temple is being restored, here's what happens. The, it's called the abomination of desolation. If you want to pull up that other chart for me, what happens is in, in Daniel chapter, let me show it to you, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it's really a, a, a scripture of prophecy. It says, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. This is talking about the Antichrist for seven years. In, in the middle of the seven years, he's going to enter into the temple of Jerusalem that's been rebuilt. He helped rebuild it. He helped with the peace of, of what's happening. He enters into the temple. Many believe he will go into the Holy of Holies. Uh, and we could talk about that another time. The Holy of Holies. And he sits at the mercy seat of, uh, 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 in the Holy, seat, Holy of Holies. And he declares he is God. He declares not only is he God, he declares that everyone now must worship him. Okay, and this is where the next three and a half years happen. So uh, the two witnesses are witnessing, people are being saved and, and people are being uh, brought to heaven. And then what happens is the, the two witnesses die. The Antichrist shows up on the scene. He goes into the temple and then he says, okay, here's what's gonna happen. He said, for, he, he said I want you to know, from now on, you worship me. Why? Because I am God. Now for the next three and a half years, there's complete and total desolation. And this is why really it's called abomination desolation because it's an abomination because he actually goes into the temple of God and declares he is God. Does that make sense? Is this too deep? And so here, again, the Bible is very specific about what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. He's going to get there. He's going to go. He's going to declare he's got. Okay, so this is when the, first, the next three and a half happen, okay? And so here's what I want to show you. And, uh, and uh, uh, let me go. To, okay, let me show you this. Okay, go back to my graph for me. I'm trying to be quick. I'm sorry. Okay, go back. Uh, uh, that's fine. You can do that one for a second too. Okay, so that, that right there, abomination is desolation. That's the middle one right there. So then from there, the next three and a half is where the Antichrist reigns. And the scripture you can see is called the beast. Okay, then if you go to the next chart for me, go back to my other chart. This is, uh, yeah, this is where it says the, the two beasts arise. Okay, what are the two beasts? One is the Antichrist. We'll talk about that in a minute. But then also there's a false prophet that comes. We'll talk about that in a second as well, that prophesies and declares people to worship the Antichrist, try to get people and everybody to worship the Antichrist. We'll talk about that in a second. But then this is where the 144,000 that have been protected, now they are martyred, okay? So then they're protected for the first three and a half years, but then they're martyred during this time period, okay? And this is also the time where the ju judgments of the trumpets and the bowls happen. Now, the trumpets and the bowl judgments, I don't have time to go into it. You can read it. It is stuff like, uh, it's all kind of stuff. It's stuff like uh, half of the sea is, it dies. It talks about the half of the, the moon is destroyed and half of the sun is destroyed. So half of the day and half of the night, there's just complete darkness. It talks about the moon turning blood red. It talks about the sea 
sea uh, turning into blood. There's all kind of wonderful things in there. Okay? You can, I would love for you to go and study it on your own. If you're confused, email one of your friends, not me, okay? It's a joke. It's a joke. You can email me. And so there's these seven different uh, bowls and there's seven different trumpets and that's what's happening. But in the time period of when the Antichrist now begins to reign and rule, here's what happens in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 16 and 18. It says, he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. Many of you know this, you've heard this from somewhere. And that no one will may buy or sell except one that has been marked or named uh, of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who is understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. Number of the Antichrist. Now, uh, there's been so much speculation here about different things like, oh, well, the mark of the beast is the vaccine and the vaccines. The, and I'm not making fun of people that have said that, but let me just, I'm just going to, I'm just clearly giving you scripture here. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. How do I know that? Because the mark of the beast will be this. You either get this or you die as a Christian right now. You have no choice. If you want to eat, if you want to live, if you want to buy, if you want to sell, if you want to be able to survive on this planet, you have to get the mark of 666. It won't be this like, I wonder, like sneaking in, like, ooh, I wonder if this is it. No, it will be completely clear. Do you want this mark or do you want to die? You choose today, okay? And so just so you know, I'm not making fun of anybody making fun of the vaccines, but the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. I promise, okay? If that was the case, we'd be in heaven right now eating some food. You know what I'm saying? Eating some turkey legs. Come on, somebody. Like me some turkey legs. I make myself laugh sometimes, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the mark of the beast will be very evident, okay? And not only that, the mark of the beast will be, it, 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 you won't be able to buy anything, you won't be able to sell anything, you won't be able to do anything. You will, ha- you will literally be, you, they will ask you, do you deny Christ or you, do you not? Because you what's happening is Antichrist is putting his mark on the planet, on every person, why? Because um, Antichrist wants to be God. And the purpose of that is he wants uh, the human nature. He, we, he knows we're made in God's image and he wants us to be made in his Im- image. He wants us to have his mark. He, we know, he knows we have God's mark the, as the blood of Christ. We have his mark but we, as sons and daughters. But the Antichrist wants us to have his mark. And so he's gonna try to, it, almost in this concept of this thought process of I now own you. Does that make sense? So it'll be very evident. It won't be like, I wonder if, if no, it will be very evident when the mark of the beast needs to, be, needs to happen. That being said, this, this, this antichrist in this is gonna actually, the Bible says, take this major wound. This may, in, in Revelation chapter 13, you can read it. I don't have time today to read all the scriptures, but in Revelation 13, the, 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 the antichrist takes this major wound, this fatal wound. And in fact, this is where the false prophet shows up and he actually heals the antichrist. And so then they all, this, these people, they, they, the, the the, the nation, the worlds, they all start to celebrate whatever the prophets, the false prophets saying because they think he has all this power. And so he says, worship the Antichrist. And so everybody just starts to worship the Antichrist and say he's God. Let me explain why. You're like, oh, well, couldn't people see, the, see this happening? Yes, that's true, they could. But there will be such deception. There will be such horror and terror from the judgments. There'll be such tragedy and, and just um, unbelievable uh, things happening that people will be desperate for something that they think is real. 
They, they see the false prophet, they hear the false, and they say, this has got to be the guy. They don't even think twice about it. And here's how I know that's possible, because even now today, we make decisions without even thinking about it. Just me? Just me. And so a deception will reign so, it'll be so just incredibly strong and the Holy Spirit will remove the restraints of lawlessness. There'll be so much lawlessness. There'll be so much immorality. There'll be so much just judgment and things going on that they'll be looking. So it'll be easy for the, the false prophet. He heals the, the, the Antichrist and immediately the, the, everybody's gonna start worshiping on him. Oh, give me the mark. Give me the mark. He's God. He's God. And so it'll be simple for people because of the deception of this planet that's happening because of all the things going on. Does that make sense? And so again, that will be happening during the three and a half years of judgment. During the bowl and the trumpets the last three and a half years this is where the judgment and the wrath of God gets stronger there'll be things happening again there'll be th- all kind of stuff you can read it and, and I'll give you the actual truth chapters revelations 8 9 and 16 are really what's happening in that time then what's going to happen at the end of these this tribulation the Bible says that there'll be these kings that have, have committed uh, uh, and connected with the Antichrist, that they'll actually, act, they'll, they'll actually turn on the Antichrist and they'll actually march towards Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem. They actually get frustrated, I guess, with how he's doing things, whatever, and the scripture says they actually will march towards him. And this is where the battle of Armageddon begins. If you wanna go back to that, my, my graph with the, all the different things that are happening very quickly, let me show it to you. We're gonna close. You can bring the key person up here so I can sound more spiritual, please. know if I should enjoy that you're laughing so much. <laughs> See, the, the three and a half years of deception, relatively peace, peaceful, three and a half years of Antichrist's reign, and then this is where the kings will come, and they'll march towards Jerusalem. The Bible says there will be thousands and thousands, multitudes of people marching towards Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem. And here's where the Armageddon happens. And again, Armageddon is when Christ, this is the second coming of Christ. He comes, and we come with him. Those have been raptured, those have been martyred, those who are believers. We now come down and we actually, I say we fight. I mean, God's just gonna like probably snap his fingers and it's over. But we come and we, we have the battle of Armageddon with him. And then for the next thousand years, we'll talk about this next week. Actually, we're finishing this series next week, praise God. Uh, and, and so it'll be a millennial kingdom reign is really what it's called. It's a thousand years of peace on earth. And so here's where Armageddon, the scripture says that Christ will come and I love how it talks about how we come. I'll close right here. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. Check this out. Now I saw heaven open. This is John showing us a picture of when Jesus will come in the second coming. I saw, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and his head were like, were had many crowns. He had a name written that no one except him himself knew. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, that's us, we're gonna be looking fresh. White and clean followed him on their white horses. We're getting horses, come on somebody. We ain't gonna be driving no trucks, we're gonna be on horses. Mine's going to be like a Mustang. Okay, anyways. <laughs> that just came to me. Anyways. Now out of his mouth, check this out. I'm talking about Jesus. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. 
and with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule with them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of wrath of the almighty God and he on his robe and on his thigh a name that was written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming back. I love that Jesus came. He died on a cross. The scripture says that he came as a servant. The Bible says that he told his disciples, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. Jesus came as a servant. But let me tell you something. When he comes back, he's not coming as servant. He's coming as king. And the great thing about a king is a king has all authority. See, the main theme of Revelation is this. Jesus reigns. And all who believe in him overcome. So what are we talking about tribulation? Why in the world would you need me to talk about this? And why do you want me to hear this? What's the importance of this? The importance of this is this, not to create fear and be like, oh my goodness, what in the world? No, I'm not fearful. I'm going to be feasting. Come on, somebody. The importance of this, of knowing what's happening in the scripture, why would God show us this? It's because of this, not to be fearful, but to have some sort of urgency. See, if you're not a believer in the room, I'm not trying to create fear. I don't believe, hear me, and everybody in the room, Christians and non-Christians, I don't believe in scaring people to follow Jesus. Jesus never did that. Jesus loved, and through his love, we follow him. Okay, so I'm not trying to scare you, but I do know this, and this is for believing him and living for him. There should be this holy hesitation of, should I live this way? Should I, should I act this way? Should I do these things? There should be this holy hesitation. Why? Because we want to please God with our lives. And then for those of us that are believers, there should be this urgency that says this. I know I'm not going, but it can't stop there. I want those around me, my friends, my neighbors, my city, my nation, my world. I want them to also be with me. See, the goal of every believer is not to just make it to heaven. The goal of every believer is to make it to heaven and drag everybody we can with us. And so why are we talking about the tribulation? Why would God talk about this in the scripture? Why would he show us this? Because he wants, <coughs> excuse me, he wants us to know he's coming and he's coming as king and he wants us as believers to say, I'm ready. But it's not just about me being ready. God, help me influence those around me and not just a, as a pastor, but all of us as believers help us influence those around us that we can help others be ready because God, our heart, our goal is that we would all be with you for eternity. That's the goal of every believer. And so I wanna encourage you, I wanna challenge you, I'm closing. Maybe you don't know God in this place. I'm not gonna tell you to get, get saved. I'm not gonna tell you to do it, but I would say this. I would encourage you to begin to think about it. Do you really serve and believe in God in your heart? Because I know this, if you don't, the Bible says we won't make it. But if we do, if you believe in him, the scripture says it's so simple. It's unbelievable how simple God made it, that we believe the Bible says in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and we confess with our mouths that he rose from the dead. He died for us and we rose from the dead. If we confess with our mouths that we believe him, the Bible says we're saved. We're not just saved for this moment in life. We're saved for an eternity with him. 
Maybe you don't know God in this place. I'm not trying to scare you. If you're scared, I'm sorry. That's not our heart. I'm not trying to create fear in anyone's heart. My heart is for you to know God loves you and he loves you so much that he's giving us an opportunity now to believe in him and follow him. But he's coming back as king and he will rule and reign and we will rule and reign with him. But you have to first believe in him. Amen. Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.